they see that and you have a product that is good, but your service is exceptional, like you're going to be fine. You're going to weather this just fine, but you can't take your eye off that servicing ball. This is Sales Hacker, a podcast for modern sales professionals who are looking to create more pipeline and close more deals. In each episode, we explore the latest sales tips, tactics, and strategies from leading industry pros that will teach you how to capture and connect data, streamline workflows, and do mission-critical work smarter so you can create opportunities more efficiently and close deals more predictably. This episode of the Sales Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Outreach. Outreach is the first and only engagement and intelligence platform built by revenue innovators for revenue innovators. Outreach allows you to commit to accurate sales forecasting, replace manual process with real-time guidance, and unlock actionable customer intelligence that guides you and your team to win more often. Traditional tools don't work in a hybrid sales world. Find out why. Outreach is the right solution at click.outreach.io forward slash 30 MPC. That is click.outreach.io forward slash 30 MPC. Hey, everybody. It's Sam Jacobs. Welcome to the Sales Hacker Podcast. Today on the show, we've got Ben Dietz. Ben is the president and general manager for Mintel, a leading data and analytics company. He began his career in logistics and supply chain with ConAgra Foods and then moved into supply chain consulting, eventually pivoting to sales when he joined Mintel. He's held seven different roles across two continents during his 14 years at Mintel, during which Mintel has tripled in size. He currently manages the largest piece of Mintel's business, the Americas, Beyond work, he enjoys investing and advising startups and spends his free time with his wife and three kids, preferably outdoors. He can often be found at the top of a mountain or the bottom of the ocean, hopefully with oxygen so that he is not dead. Yeah. Good point, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> ben, Learning welcome to the show. One. <laughs> no, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Sam. We're, ha we're happy to have you here. So one of the things we like to do right at the beginning is sort of get a little bit of a, of a baseball card, which is effectively you giving us an opportunity to share a, a little bit of highlights about, about Mintel. Obviously, I read a little bit of the, of, of the description, but in your words, tell us, what does Mintel do? Sure. So, so easiest thing, I'll try to keep it tangible. So think about any brand that you interact with any day, Sam. So whether it be food, a drink beauty or some form of technology, any of those consumer facing brands partner with us to understand what are the trends driving consumer behavior, which ultimately then drive consumer demand so that they can learn and understand what products and services do they want to innovate. And then on the back of those innovations, how do they want to message those products on the other side? So just to use an example, because we were out in New York a few weeks ago and we had a bunch of, a bunch of brands with us and we were taught one of the trends that we're talking about is hyper fatigue. And so hyper fatigue is like, okay, everybody is, was being pushed to the brink before the pandemic, pandemic hits, pressure even mounts. And now of course we're in yet another moment where stress is building. So we're talking to brands, okay, what are you doing to use this moment, which is a macro challenge, but because you a lot of times offer everyday solutions, what can you do to help? And one example is there's a fragrance company there that uh, can make fragrances that ultimately have stress relief associated with it. They use those insights to then work with candle manufacturers because retailers are really asking for solutions for their customers that can help reduce everyday stress. So we help brands really understand what, where is the market today and where should they be doing about it from their innovation standpoint. How big is the company? So we're not, we are, so we're about 1200 folks. We're just over, just around 200 mil. We are across three different continents. So I oversee the Americas. The U.S. of course is the largest. 
but we do have business, sizable business in Canada and all across South America, but we have operations across all of Europe, Middle East, Africa, and uh, Asia Pacific. Amazing. And, uh, and you've been there for 14 years. What I, I gave a little bit of the background, uh, <laughs> you know, in your bio, but walk us through a little bit of the journey about how you got there. And sounds like, you know, you started off in logistics and supply chain, but then you ended up in sales. So, so talk us through a little bit of that journey and evolution. So I, and I still love logistics and supply chain just because it is how the world operates and functions. But for ev- like when you are in logistics and supply chain, you're a cost center. So every, every day is just a bit more stressful and you're not necessarily generating revenue. You're always, how can you help reduce costs or become more efficient? So I had a friend that at the time he was golfing every weekend and I wasn't. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's, he said, you got to just try sales, give it a shot. And so I did. And luckily this company, Mintel, gave me an opportunity. And so the, one of the core pieces I wanted to get out of the day, at least for, for listeners, especially for the moment that we're in, I started at Mintel in an entry-level role in 2008. So as you can imagine, it was very similar to right now. Over the years, yeah, so, so what's kept me really engaged and excited is every 18 to 20 months, I will move into a new role, learning different products, learning how to serve different profiles of consumers, how to message with consumers. I mean, I have the opportunity to go over to Europe, which I'm from a small town outside of Columbus, Ohio. And so I remember the first day I'm sitting in that office and I had 12 nationalities and 16 different languages being spoken around me. I, I barely speak English. And so that was- I think pinching. you're doing a great job speaking <laughs> English. <laughs> oh, I just remember pinching myself. But then a, a key piece to that was like business is the same universally. It was like, it was a huge- confidence booster for me because if you have and, and i know you're you're i'm hoping everyone that's listening to this has read or is reading your book there's a key piece i love one of the simple points that you mentioned which is building a business at its most basic foundation is just listen to your customers and give them what they want for me being in europe they really gave me a heavy boost of confidence because as long as even if you're speaking different language with them you have a solution that's helping build their business and helping build their personal brand while they're there, you're onto something. And so we had great growth while I was over there. And then I came back to the US, ran a division, got lucky with that. And then I was put into this president role in January of 2020. So again, another moment. So for everyone, like I actually really like these moments in time. Like, of course, we always want a tailwind, but it's inevitable that we're going to have these moments. So like for anybody that's listening, like it is a time when everyone is watching how do you react in a moment of uncertainty and heavy adversity. I, for myself, right, right now, I'm looking at my management team to see who's the future management team, like who, who is, who's motivating, who's inspiring, who's finding new and unique ways to drive, to drive the business forward. So there, there's you, a lot of, go ahead. How do, you, how do you balance? There's a lot of, there's competing pressures, particularly, you know, to the point that you mentioned with hyper fatigue, right? Like there's, People are exhausted. People need positive energy. They need motivation. At the same time, you don't want to lose credibility by BSing people. And so if you know the business is struggling or the business is challenged, there's a tension between telling the truth and painting a clear picture and trying to be motivational. How do you, how do you think about that with your team as you're heading into, again, 2023? I, I, what's your response? What do you think? Well, if, if, if I can, I can ask, what are, what are you doing? Because in, in moments like this, I also reach out to peers to ask, <laughs> how, are you, how are you messaging and, and what are, how are you saying? So what, with, your, with your team, Sam, what are you saying right now? I'm trying to, it's a struggle because I want to, I want to be honest and realistic. 
And and at the same time, I also want to be motivational. So for example, we have a company-wide bonus and we set targets at the beginning of the year that pays out the bonus and we are out of the money right now in terms of the bonus. And so we're mm-hmm. thinking about, okay, well, what are some near-term objectives? We're not going to pay the full bonus. We just can't. And it doesn't make sense to do that given our financial performance. So what we are going to do is think about what are some short-term things that are somewhere beyond whatever the status quo performance would be to push people to go a little harder and go a little deeper. And we're going to create some kind of incentive and reward for that. But it's hard, I guess. You know, So I'm trying to no I'm doubt. also just trying to like manage the the narrative the right way and say, hey, we've got to be accountable to our results, but that's why this is what we're focused on for 2023 and continue to paint a picture that is focused on resilience and, and fortitude, but still gets people uh, inspired about, you know, the, the, the work that we're, that we're building. So I don't know. What no, do you think? That's great. No, thank you for that. I, I mean, for me, I, I, I heavily rely on just in some confidants that I have kind of all around the organization. I, similar to yourself, like trust is paramount for any relationship. And so, I, re- I mean, I, I, I focus on it daily to make sure I have that trust amongst at least my management team, which of course can then cascade. So it, they, they, they're right now keeping me honest on what is the temperature of the team. And right now it is heavy adversity. And so I'm, I, I guess we're, I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is, is, a, is remove any other distraction or any other potential project that we had that we were going to look at launching or pushing the teams going through different trainings. And it's all hands on deck at the moment. So for myself, all the way down and across like any support that is needed, because a lot of this is just customer conversations and how can we keep customers excited with what they're doing with us so that they maintain annually coming back to us. Because if that continues to maintain, we will be okay. And we have weathered these storms multiple times in the past. So what, at the moment, what I'm trying to do from a motivation standpoint is just being not necessarily working. It's not necessarily as much time to work on the business as much as it is very much in the business and in it with the teams, just so there's a sense of camaraderie uh, and that we're all, we're all working through it together. That makes sense. Well, let me ask you, you know, you, you talked about it and you talked about, you know, getting lucky, but I think, and, and sure, luck is when opportunity meets preparation, but the reality is, you know, it's really hard to stay someplace for 14 years Definitely. and, and it's hard to keep moving up and it's hard to keep, you know, acclimatizing, right? Like you get to the next peak. I mean, presidents are pretty pretty important title, you know? I mean, that's, that's the big one. What do you attribute your success to when you think about why you're so lucky, which is a really way of saying, why are you so good at what you do? What do you think the keys are that you can maybe share with the audience in terms of skills that you've developed over your career that you think are really paying dividends for you? You, you use the word peak. And I mean, that's so, that's why I, I replenish my energy on mountains. And I very much, I use that metaphorically in so many ways, just because I, I've, I've always, I've always been very vocal to the board and our owners that I want whatever the most difficult challenge that we as an organization have in that moment, I want it. And so I attribute some of this to just willingness to take a risk. But I mean, I went, as soon as I, it seems like every single time I've asked for that, I've been granted it. And then the next thing I know, I'm thinking, okay, what have I just done? Because I don't necessarily know how to. I mean, especially when I moved into this president role, like at this point, when I first received it, you're, you're, you're like, okay, how, how am I, how am I really going to inspire, motivate, and then, and then enable the teams to succeed. But part, so some of this is pretty straightforward. One, so I, one piece 
is a network well beyond the yellow walls of Mintel and, and whatever organization you're at, just to have a sense check. Okay, what I'm doing, is it working? Share that willingly with others, but also be seeking advice from what other organizations are doing. That has been immensely useful. Another piece is, I mean, I, 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 I do, I try and spend a lot of time uh, with the teams, just it could be on a daily, weekly basis, just sending moments of encouragement. I'm very conscious of, you may have used the, uh, like from a feedback standpoint, there's the analogy of, of banking. So uh, for every withdrawal you make, you just need to make sure you've at least put three deposits in there. And so I, I do spend, I try to spend as much time as I can providing feedback so that as I'm developing, everyone else is around me. Um, and so each, each team that I've been part of, like if you're open with what's working and what, what, what isn't working, Teams are going to want to follow suit, and as you're, well, as you're as you're as you're developing those types of teams, like the clients benefit as an outcome, and it just happens to be growth has happened on the other side. I mean, I may be shortcutting a few things there, but it, what do you it's think, so much um, people oriented. What do you what's when you think about the toughest piece of feedback you've received over the course of the last couple of years? Something that really challenged challenged you in a way to the point where you responded and stepped up. What comes to mind? It would be, so I, I love to move. I, I, I really try to focus on forward progression and try and constant, constant movement forward. And sometimes what I can do is move too quick and therefore the teams around aren't understanding why decisions are made. And, and then before you know, you have a bit of confusion. So it was great feedback because as, and as you know, as you have a larger team and there's more individuals that you just, like you just aren't going to know everyone and you're not going to be able to communicate with everyone as you can when you have a smaller team. What was really useful is to relinquish a lot of that need and desire to have to drive the business forward and focus more on enabling the team. Okay, here's what, here's a goal that we have. Look, we're trying to double the size of our business right now. Here are the, here's the ICP that we're winning. Here are the markets that we know we do best. Instead of getting into it and trying to help drive those decisions, it's really observing and letting the teams like, but focus on bringing on a really strong, talented management team. It's letting them get on with it versus having to feel like I need to be the one doing all of the, all of the work all the time. It's a hard lesson to learn because sometimes you feel like you're being lazy or not pulling your weight if you're delegating too much. Exactly. Have you, have you even now, how are you addressing that with your teams? I'm pretty good at delegating. The, the issue, <laughs> my issue, to be honest with you, is that I've hired you know, some, some early VPs, you know, my leadership team is all first time VPs for the most part, except for a head of marketing. And the issue that I'm facing is that I'm, I need to do a better job of what you exactly just said, enablement. Like I, I realized I am not a great core manager. You know, I'm great at setting the vision. I'm great at speaking and, you know, being like the public face of the company. But I think that there's a gap of like development resources and enablement that I'm not providing to my leadership team. And that's something that I'm working on. Right. I mean, that's, that's why they're there with you right now. It's because the wealth of experience that you have, but at the same time, I mean, you and I both need to let, we need to let them be part of the, well, driving the business forward, making the mistakes, learn from the mistakes. It's hard to not jump in when you see things, when you know, they're going to go a bit sideways, especially right now in the moment. Yeah. How are you think so, you know, in the few minutes that we have left, how are you thinking about, you know, 2023, you know, times of uncertainty, you started at Mintel 14 years ago, so right during the financial crisis. So you've been through 
these cycles before. What advice do you have for people heading into, you know, uncharted waters? A lot of people, I even was on the phone with some investors yesterday at a, you know, global private equity firm and the the main guy that had been promoted that was sort of leading the interest in, in my company. He still, he said, I've never seen a downturn before. You know, he's 29 <laughs> years old. He's never seen, he's never seen anything that didn't go up into the right. How are you, what advice are you giving? How are you thinking about enabling your team heading into what is still a mixed bag of signals where, yes, it's supposed to be a recession, but the job numbers came yeah, out exactly. today are great. Right. We're not sure what's going to happen. It's really hard to forecast and predict. What what messaging are you giving to your team? How are you helping them plan for next year? What, what I, so I tried to go very simple on this one. And for the, it's for the moment, ask me in a quarter and ask, it, may have, it may have evolved. What is it in, in kind folks finish first, Sam? You said something about your teams that if you do nothing else, in the day, or if you, if you need to find something to do, go help. Was it help a customer? Was that what it, or help a member? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, cause that's our okay. core of our, the, the reason the business exists is to help is to help our members unlock and achieve their professional potential. So my point is if you don't know anything else, go find somebody to help make a positive impression, give before you get, you'll be on the right track somehow. Yeah. So, so just copy and paste that like when we have, we've got thousands and thousands of people that we can be supporting. We know where we best where we best win, we can easily see which accounts that we have are potentially more at risk than others. So just if anything else, just be getting out and helping our customers because they're worried. I mean, just, just two days ago, I joined a call where it was going to be a, a really positive conversation the night before that company laid out, laid off 1200 folks. So the wow. conversation of course adjusted quite a bit, but we, we still approached the call. Okay. How are you doing? Uh, and then how can we be supporting you and your personal brand at the moment, but also then supporting the broader business, but all, I just want it to come from a place of genuine support and, and help with our customers. Like they see that and you have a product that is good, but your service is exceptional. Like you're going to be fine. You're going to weather this just fine, but you can't take your eye off that servicing ball. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the main thing you got to make sure of is you cannot default to being Verizon or Citibank or, you know, waiting on hold for 20 minutes, giving robotic responses, treating people. Like, you know, you can't be so inward focused that you're not obsessing about your customers. If you obsess about your customers, you should be okay. Yeah, exactly. And then that, so that's really it. Like that's all I'm asking the teams to do is, but one thing we've seen is when you have fast response times to customers that have questions or when you don't and you're being proactive, like the results from a retention standpoint and then the growth on top, they come. So while we're working through this in the moment, just for retention, like we're setting ourselves up for capitalizing it as soon as things start to turn. I love it. You, you've mentioned that, you know, and, and this is a question that I have, actually. You said leadership's an earned title. It's not given automatically based on your role. Tell, walk us through what you mean by that. And I'm specifically actually interested in the question of, did you ask to be president or did they offer it to you? So it's sort of like two questions in one. Uh, good question. I, you know what? I, I, I asked, and I listen, I've always been straight with what I would like to do. It's hard because I, don't, I, I really... I know titles come with it, but I really don't, I really don't care ultimately about titles. Like reward and everything come off the back of it. This, I guess this president title is a special one to the point of just having full ownership. So I was vocal about it, but then I, all of a sudden you get to ask for a meeting and the next thing you know, something special is happening. From the leadership piece, like this is, is a very special way I, I look at it for at least it, it hits home with me is like you earn the right to be to be called a leader by everyone around you. It isn't for you to say that you're a leader 
not even for you and I necessarily to call any of our management teams leaders. Like it is their direct team that they're trying to bring with them. Are they, are they inspiring them? Are they motivating them and then ultimately enabling them to succeed? And then do they earn that precious title of being called a leader? A lot of times, like it could be a politician, it could be just because you're in a specific role at a company that you're immediately a leader. A lot of headlines will just call it that. But it is, if you look at it in, bit, in more detail, like a leader is an earned title versus anything given. That's why it's so much, that's why it's so special to me. Makes a lot of sense. We're almost at the end of our time together. And one of the things we like to do is sort of pay it forward. And there's people in your life that have had a big, big impact that maybe we should know about. Could be a favorite founder, a favorite coach, consultant, or trainer. When you think about people that you think we should know about because they've had a big impact on you, who comes to mind? Oh, this is great. Okay, so there's Henry Gervais. So Henry is a, he was a chairman and a CEO for quite a long time, but he, the, the biggest thing where we, if there's interest for anybody that's interested in leadership, it just happens to be off the back of that question. He has a course called Leadership's Calling that he built while he was CEO for his company. Now he teaches it to more of the broader public that are interested for executives. It had a profound impact on, on my life and just the way I, I look at trying to be, ideally earn the title of leader. Yeah, I mean, another one I would say, but it's, I, I love the mountains. And so for me, there's, if anybody has any interest in mountain and get on a mountain, there's a gentleman named Don, Dom Cefeli works at a group called RMI. If you want to get out in the mountains, he'll take you there. The biggest thing you're going to gain is a sense of humility and how small you are in this world. And you're going to walk away from an experience like that, which is amazing perspective and huge energy as you head back into. Do you have to be a climber to, to work with Dom? No, not at all. He'll, I mean, I, I take you on any, any hike. My favorite place to go is the Northern Cascades, just because it's a it's very remote and it's very beautiful. But no, this he'll is take in, you in Washington. Yes, yeah, so yep, right on the border of Washington and Canada. When should I go? July and August. Okay, I'm done. It's, it's, I'm it's, doing it's, it. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, please. I want to live the life of Ben Dietz, so <laughs> I need to. I need to be in the mountains if I'm going to. You can do come that. with us. I just. I just planned the next trip for the this summer. You can join the three of us. Oh, really? Home. Okay. Is it so, you and your wife and your kids? No, I, no. One of us needs to make sure we're around. Grant, I, I try to do everything I can preparation-wise to make sure nothing like that happened. But go with two other buddies. And All we're right. doing one that for sure you could absolutely do. So we'll, we'll take that another time. Don't, don't make it like Camelback where I thought it was something I could absolutely do. Yeah, and yeah. I, <laughs> I started freaking yeah, right. out halfway up. <laughs> uh, ben, it's awesome to have you on the show. We're going to talk to you on Friday for Kind Folks Finish Fridays, which will be great because you've clearly read the book, which is amazing. If folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch? Easiest way is, is LinkedIn. So Ben Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z on LinkedIn. Easiest way, just either connect or chat with me there. Awesome. And uh, well, well, thanks for being our guest on the show. And we're going to talk to you on Friday. So Sounds uh, great, thanks, Sam. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Yep. Right. Thanks for checking out Sales Hacker. If you enjoyed what you learned, subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Or visit saleshacker.com to get access to all of the latest episodes. 